Bills Mafia, was good? This Stevie Johnson, Mr. Why So Serious, and you now tuned in to The Lowdown with Jake Jordan. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the coolest place in Bills Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host, Jake. This is the lowdown only on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. And I mean, what what can I say that you don't already know? Obviously, we are celebrating the Buffalo Bills 47 to 17 victory over the New England Patriots. And I understand you've probably been listening to this all week, but if you're anything like me you know that you just cannot get enough of the gloating that bills mafia now has basically bragging rights over the team that beat us down for 20 years now obviously i did not watch the buffalo bills all of those 20 years basically of being beat down by tom brady but i've heard the stories it's basically like war stories that are handed down to you through the generations that's kind of how bill's mafia is of handing down basically pain and baggage throughout the generations i know definitely me and my brothers have a ton of it but what can we say about this game uh really the one thing that i want to touch on is narratives now of course at halftime i am going to play patriots fans basically crying and saying some of the most ridiculous things about this game and that is a narrative in its own right narratives going into the game throughout the season all of these things we are going to touch on and what was the one thing that we were hearing heading into this game now obviously if you guys listen to my podcast you would know that I was super confident in the Buffalo Bills going in against the New England Patriots. I knew that there was a couple of things that the Bills had to do, but the Bills went out and had a historic performance. One of my favorite things that I ended up doing is I called my dad after the game because sadly right now, since we live so far away and, you know, school going into my senior year, things are a little bit busier. I can't go down all the time whenever I want to, to see them. But one of the first things that I did after that game was the next day because I was not in a state to really talk about things uh, during the game. But after I called him and I asked him, I was like, is this what it felt like when you guys beat the Raiders in the playoffs because if you didn't know that was a huge beatdown where the Bills put up 50 plus and didn't let the Raiders like score I believe they had three points in that game it's like 51 to three so is that what it felt like and my dad told me he said Jake it was even better because the narrative for 20 years is that the New England Patriots own the Buffalo Bills hell this year when the New England Patriots were atop the AFC East, the Patriots were known as the people who owned the Buffalo Bills. It didn't matter. Oh, Bill Belichick's a defensive genius. He's back. He owns the Buffalo Bills. So, of course, going into this game, this postseason game where the Buffalo Bills had not met 
the New England Patriots in the postseason, I believe, since the AFL days before they were even an NFL team after the merger. And uh, one of the things is that because of this, the Buffalo Bills were never good at the same time when the New England Patriots were good. And one of the things going into this game is that it was like, well, you know, it's going to be bad weather. That was a narrative. It's going to be bad weather. Oh, they've lost to this team. They split in the regular season. Look, I honestly, in my God-given opinion, and everybody can have an opinion. I'm sure Boston people will feel a different way. But if there was not a snowstorm in Buffalo that night, you're getting a similar outcome to what happened when the Bills walked into Foxborough and what happened when the Patriots walked into Orchard Park last weekend. I, I think that the Buffalo Bills were just overall a better team on all aspects. And yes, the defense is great, but I love that the narrative is finally dead that Josh Allen can't play in weather. Yeah, they played in sub-zero temperatures and even in the game where there was a snow hurricane coming through Orchard Park, Josh Allen had some dimes, okay? That was just flubs on different parts of the ball on the team. There were just flubs, and they lost that game. And they knew they should have won that game. And then, of course, that spirals into the Bills, you know, not being the leaders of the East, eventually coming back and winning the East but the narrative is still there. Josh Allen cannot play in good games. So Josh Allen in the playoffs has never been elite Josh Allen. And yeah, I would say that Josh Allen had struggled in the postseason. If you go back to the Houston game, while it wasn't a great game, he still wasn't terrible in it. There's definitely been much worse performances. This year, there have been worse performances than rookie Josh Allen's. Uh, debut into the playoffs and then last year I think he was okay in the Colts game he wasn't spectacular and then in the Ravens game honestly the Taron Johnson touchdown or the pick six is what saves us in that game and then he didn't play very well in Kansas City uh, he was kind of being carried in those games and I think Josh Allen knows that and that's one of the things that he wants to work on and that's a narrative for him so going into this game the Boston sports media was all over this that, oh, and you're going to hear it too because they all ate crow this week because now they're sitting at home on their couches having to watch the Buffalo Bills play in the postseason when they thought for sure that Bill Belichick in the postseason had something waiting for the Buffalo Bills. Oh boy, there was something waiting there and some master genius plan was going to come out of nowhere and Bill Belichick was going to beat the Buffalo Bills, and it was going to be an easy coasting ride back to the Super Bowl like it used to be for the last 20 years. That narrative is dead now. It's dead. Josh Allen, on two occasions, took everything that Bill Belichick could throw at him and threw it back at his face. Josh Allen had a historic performance. This team, historic the only time in NFL history a team has had the ball seven times, I mean, without the kneel downs, and scored touchdowns seven times. That is why the game is called the perfect game. That is why everybody's going to talk about this, because even if this team does not win the Super Bowl, they will still talk about the perfect game and how the Buffalo Bills have handed Bill Belichick his 
three worst losses in his career of being a head coach. And it's it's a beautiful thing. And the narrative now is not going to be that the New England Patriots own the Buffalo Bills. This isn't your daddy's Buffalo Bills team. It's not that team anymore. Everybody knows it. This team is built different. This team now, since the second half of that Tampa Bay game, has been in win-now playoff mode, and they are getting into it at the right time. And this team is as hot as any team in the playoffs, and I think that this team has a really good shot this weekend of proving all the doubters wrong. And, you know, it's crazy because people still, now not as much, but people still think that the Buffalo Bills just aren't ready to do it yet. And I can see how that is. They have not beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the postseason. This is where they kill that narrative. The narrative going into this game that, yeah, you beat them during the regular season, but you got to beat them now. And what happened when a narrative like that was thrown onto the Buffalo Bills going into a postseason game? And the New England Patriots went in there saying like, yeah, we've played these guys twice. You know, we know them. Let's go out there and let's beat them. All I heard from Patriots fans was that Bill Belichick is in your head. He will be able to get in your head. He is cerebral. He is amazing. And I will give you that. He's a really good game planner. But the only thing is, is when you got a guy that goes off script like Josh Allen and can throw it back at your face when you're like, oh, I have the perfect layout. Yeah, but if you don't get him right away, they're going to make something happen. That's the kind of team that this is. And that's a kind of team that the Buffalo Bills are facing this week too. That's why it's being such a talked about game and why a lot of people believe whoever wins this matchup between the Bills and the Chiefs will go on to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. The narrative going into the game against New England was that the Buffalo Bills were going to find some way to lose it because Bill Belichick is a defensive genius. Well, the Buffalo Bills heard that, and they said, "Mm -mm. you shouldn't have even got one win. You shouldn't have even been in contention for the division title. The Buffalo Bills, the only reason they were losing the division title was because of the Buffalo Bills. And the New England Patriots were beaten up on scrubs. And they know that. We know that. And we were beaten up on scrubs too. That's not a question. You know, going into the season, we all kind of thought it was a hard schedule. We had some hard teams on our schedule. But we, at the end of the season, did what the Patriots did for 20 years. That was where we were winning games going into the postseason. The New England Patriots were losing games. The narrative that... The Buffalo Bills were going to somehow mess it up because of the Jacksonville game. You know, the one anomaly that I got to witness in person of all things. The Jacksonville game is what you need to look at when you're looking at this. Well, we've seen Buffalo before. Yeah, guess what? Every other team in the AFC this year had a flub like that too. Where it was like, how do you lose to this team? The number one seed got blown out by the Houston Texans who have a top five pick right now. So you can't sit there and go, yeah, you know what? Let's look back at the Jacksonville game and, oh, the Buffalo Bills are capable. That's not the same Buffalo Bills team that entered the postseason. And they should have known that when the narrative was being constructed. 
obviously in my class that I'm in right now, I know and I'm learning about narratives that, you know, push sports media and are able to, you know, carry them throughout the week. And of course, you know, when you have the Boston sports market, you want to hype them up. That team went into that game too confident. And the Buffalo Bills, a great thing that I love is that they have that chip on their shoulder. And that's exactly when this team performs its best. I put out a Twitter poll, which you're not going to be able to vote on now because it was a one day poll. And I put it out last night and I'm recording this on Thursday. But I put out a poll that said, what is the Buffalo Bills like best matchup to make it to a Super Bowl? And I said, does it go Chiefs Titans? Or would you rather play Chiefs Bengals? And a lot of people think that the Bengals are the better play for the Buffalo Bills in the AFC championship game. And I don't know about that because the Buffalo Bills are familiar with the Titans. So I think the better option, at least for me, is that you got to go and create a new narrative. And the new narrative would be, well, this team, yeah, we beat them in the po in the regular season, but in the postseason, you know, a lot of people, they're giving us our dues and they're giving us our props because of, you know, the perfect game. But the one thing that everybody is looking at is that the narrative for the Buffalo Bills, yes, maybe the Bengals would be an easier team, but we're not familiar with that team. I would much rather play teams that the Buffalo Bills played this year. And if you look at it, I feel like the Buffalo Bills success for winning a Super Bowl might be to have this chip on their shoulder against the Chiefs, Josh Allen to have a giant chip on his shoulder against the Titans because he's the one who slipped at the end of the game that caused the Bills to not win that regular season game against the Titans, and then in the Super Bowl to face Tom Brady and the Buccaneers because of what happened a few weeks ago. I think that this team performs its best when its best players are angry, when they are ready to get the narrative and stomp it into the ground, throw it away, burn it, and show everybody that they need to eat crow because this team is more than capable of winning a Super Bowl. So, of course, I told you, this is the first half. I wanted to talk about narratives because the one thing that you've probably heard all this week is everybody talking about the stats, who was good. And I wanted to bring a different perspective and, you know, talk about how narratives have shaped the Bills' season, the postseason, and how it could shape them going beyond even this game this weekend. And of course, in the second half, we're going to be talking about the matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs that we have this week. So make sure to stay tuned for that. We're going to talk about the injury report, which uh, I'm going to give you a sneak peek. It only has one person on it, so the Buffalo Bills are very healthy going into this matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. And of course, you're going to go into this half and you're going to hear the Boston sports media eating crow in an epic meltdown from NBC Sports Boston. And you're going to love it. I promise if you haven't heard it already, then you're in for a treat. I have been Jake. This has been The Lowdown, only on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. And I will see all of you guys in the second half. On them. I care. I care because you're, she's saying, uh, she asked me about Buffalo and New England. That This tells you about New England and Buffalo. Buffalo, the fact that they're not that good and they're able they to do that. They are to you, good, Mike. They're not, Mike, uh, not Mike, Tom, they have beaten 
three playoff teams this year, two of them against the Patriots, two wins against the Patriots. They lost to the Jaguars. They lost. Okay. So, so they got Great, 12 Mike. wins, two against playoff teams. Three I don't want to interrupt, teams. so I'm going to give you a – but i got to at some point say you can't watch what they did to the Patriots tonight, mm -hmm. what they did to the Patriots in the last meeting, a team that was 9-4, and four, a team that had competed, and say it's not a good team. I mean, they have – we can talk about Lamar Jackson and year, Patrick Tom. Mahomes. I watched them all year. We can talk about Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. None of them can do what Josh Allen does. He's a power runner with speed who could play running back. He also throws better than Lamar Jackson, so he runs better than Mahomes. He runs better than Rodgers. He runs better than Brady. He is a complete unicorn. There's no one like him in the NFL. And the Patriots, to resume any kind of chance at having supremacy in the AFC East, have got to find an antidote to him. I don't. I think you're overstating it. When I, I got to pin it down. You think they're not good? I think they played. Yeah. Play, they they played playoff teams this year, and they won two games against playoff teams. They just won so, another one. But so, they can't okay, control the but, schedule. They can't control the schedule. Okay, but, they, but yes. I mean that, that's okay, the truth of the matter. They can't they control the schedule. Team by 30. But if they play playoff teams and they lose to playoff teams, they just beat one. I'm not supposed to. Well, kind of. So, Holly is, Holly is saying because well, the Patriots no. are at the bottom of the playoffs that it's not qualifying as beating a good playoff team. Is that what, basically what you're getting at? They, they have 12 wins this year. Right. Okay. So, the playoff teams they've beaten this year, Kansas City early in the year, and the Patriots twice. That's a fact. So, wh wh why am I supposed to say? So, that's out of those 12 wins, if you get three of them against – Against playoff teams, is that good? So Buffalo's not that great. But, they, but New England's won worse. won by 30. Because New England's a bad team, So Tom. are they just as bad as they but were let, last let year? Go, Matt, Matt, go Matt, ahead, go Matt's ahead, Matt. to get in from Nashville. Uh, I was just going to say, but when, when you also look at the Buffalo Bills, look, they lost the game against the Tennessee Titans when it's one of those, those plays. It was fourth and one on the five-yard line. They're going in to score, and they made a miraculous play to stop them on a quarterback sneak that if you did it 20 more times, they wouldn't be able to stop Josh Allen. But they did. They made a huge stop Tennessee Titan and they're the number one team in the AFC East and the Buffalo Bills should have won that game the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yes they were losing big but they came back and went to overtime with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers you're telling me those two teams that are the topper echelon of the conference they played them to the wire and I'm not saying that they're the greatest team but look with the components that they have offensively the weapons that they have on the perimeter Josh Allen alone that this is a good football team and defensively yes they're a good defense as well. They're littered with talent on the defensive front. The second level is as good as it's been. They've got a veteran group on the back end with good coaching all around. How can you sit here with an honest face and just say, well, because they lost to a few of these playoff teams, that this is not a good team. This is a very good football team that can go deep in the playoffs. They went to the AFC championship game last year. They can't control their schedule and who they put in front of them and who they beat up on. Now, the fact of the matter is, the team's, this, team's, this team is a good team. I can play that game all day. I can say the same thing. Hey, the Patriots, uh, you know, barely lost to Tampa Bay by two points. If if the if the, if the guy had made a 56-yard field goal, they would have beat Tampa Bay. Hey, the, the Patriots lost in overtime to Dallas. We can play the if if an if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. So what? But I so what? Like they almost gonna, won. Nobody does that. Nobody gives you credit for that. Whether or not they you, legitimately so you, good you or legitimately don't think bad. This is a good team. I don't. Okay. I don't. But I don't. So so the Patriots okay. just lost by 30 to a not good team. Right. 
and they and lost by 12 a couple weeks ago. So the Patriots aren't good. So we sat here trumpeting the Patriots They've gotten worse, for the last Tom. 20 weeks. Like, don't try to pin me down and say, if I said the Patriots were good in October, right. I got to stick with that. I go by what I see. So they were playing good football. They won seven games in a row. They were 9-4. and four. They looked good. They were consistent. They were reliable. And then they collapsed after the bye. Mm. It was, there's a, sto- there's a story guess, there. I, I don't know what the they, story after is. After they, they lose changed. a game like this, you have to wonder, how steep is the hill that they have to to, to climb, to get to a point where you're not going to get embarrassed in the playoffs. They're not a Super Bowl team. They're not an elite team. We could agree on that easily. But I guess my question is, after we watch this, is how steep is the climb to get back to a competitive playoff team? What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the coolest place in Bills Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host, Jake. This is the lowdown only on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. And obviously, this is the second half. You just listened to an epic meltdown from a anchor from NBC Sports Boston after the Patriots absolutely got uh, their shit packed in by the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I, I like to keep my expletives to a medium, but the whole first half, I really kept it in check. I didn't really curse that much because I tried to keep it professional and talk about the narratives. But right now, uh, I when I have guests on the show, Usually it's like my brothers or something like that. If not, I'm doing it solo. But sometimes, sometimes you got to bring in somebody who's just as knowledgeable as me. And I'm not saying my brothers aren't, but what I'm saying is somebody who is, you know, in the content creation space. So obviously I had to bring in my guy, Justice. Justice, how you do? I wasn't one of your brothers? Oh. I, th- I thought it was just no, I'm just playing, but <laughs> 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 no, but I'm I'm doing great, man. Um, appreciate you uh having me on, and and yes, that uh Michael Holly uh little meltdown is is hilarious. It's like you were just talking all this trash a couple of weeks ago about how bad the bill, and now the Bills are a bad team. It's like right, yeah, okay. oh, and it's just it's just embarrassing because of how bad the Bills are. Like like right. we're not we're not a bad team, dude. Like it doesn't even make and- sense. And here's the thing. Uh, A lot of people, especially in the Bills content space, want to immediately go, well, yeah, that's how trash the Patriots were, you know, with what we did to them. But I think the Patriots were a good team. I think they were one of those fringe good teams. I just don't think that they should. It was kind of just like the discrepancy that you could see when you watch the Chiefs versus the Steelers. Like, that's what it is. It separates the good teams from the great teams that are actually going to be contending. And while I think New England was good, the Bills just went out and proved how great they can be. Obviously, now being, like, turned the perfect game. Like, it, they literally showed that the Bills have the capacity to be perfect. And I don't think that the Patriots were that kind of team. So, like, I I understand that people were upset about it, but, you know, I've even ran into Patriots fans after that game, and I don't see them going like, yeah, but you guys were a, a, a bad team. We were just so bad. Like, they're not, they're like, you guys are really good. Like, I, we, I, I literally, and I posted about this on Twitter, and I'm sure you probably saw it, but I went shopping. There's a place around here called Fresh Market. And they had Anchor Bar wing sauce, and I it blew my mind. I was like, "What? Wait, what is going on?" Like, I I don't like Anchor Bar wings, but their sauce is pretty good. 
And so I bought some and I bought some That's ghost it. pepper salt to put and season my wings because I'm not one of those like white people that doesn't like spice. I have a very <laughs> high spice tolerance. It is ridiculous. The fact that I can eat such hot things, it, it like blows like people in my family away how I can just like I've eaten a habanero pepper just straight up before and it just doesn't bother me. I don't know. I'm like a mutant or something. I'm an X-Men, but I have yeah, one of those lame powers where I just I'm don't very black and I don't like spicy stuff like that. So <laughs> you, you got me beat there. I, 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 I don't know. I'm some sort of mutant, but I buy I go to buy this ghost pepper salt. And I'm like, oh, man, I cannot wait to put these on my wings. And this lady who's checking me out sees the hat that I'm wearing here. Obviously, people can't see. It's a Bill's hat, if you can think about it. I'm wearing it. And her name is Jan. And she's checking me out. And as she's checking out our stuff, she looks at my hat and she goes, oh, I really don't like you. I'm like, <laughs> whoa, first of all, cashier lady, you don't got to come at me like that. Right. But... Like, she's like, yeah, I don't like what you guys did to us in the playoffs. Like, I, I didn't expect us to, like, win, but I didn't expect us to be destroyed by you guys. And I was like, I didn't expect it either. Like, you can go back and watch first round by. I said it was going to be a 10-point game. I didn't say it was going to be a 30-point differential. I can't wait to talk to Izzy about that because I'm sure he's going to love to rub it in our face that he said it was going to be a blowout. But – like yeah, I, that's right. <laughs> I uh, so she's checking me out, and we're having this conversation. And I get home after she's done telling me how much she hates what the Bills did to the Patriots, and I go to unload all my groceries, and there's no salt in the bag. It was in my cart. It did not get scanned, so I didn't pay for it. Thank God, but it didn't get in my grocery bag so it ruined uh, it didn't ruin my wings that night i mean the wings were still good but like it ruined my day like the patriots even though we beat them 47 to 17 still found a way to ruin my day i was so i was so mad and i cannot wait to go back and be like you forgot to scan my salt next time i see her there and i'm gonna make sure i'm all in bill's gear that time i was only wearing a hat i'm about she 100 did that on purpose I know she knew I wanted that ghost pepper salt, but yeah. anyway, to to get off of to get off of that, obviously the game coming up this weekend. Uh, if you guys want to get like the most up to date information and stuff, we're gonna be going live. Uh, I guess while you're listening to this tonight on uh, on the Built in Buffalo YouTube channel. So if anything actually new comes out from the time of when we're recording this at seven around seven thirty on a Thursday then you'll get it there. I mean, but right now with the injury report, the only person who's on it is Mario Addison. So he's in a limited capacity. I don't really know what to say about that. He hurt his shoulder. Last I saw, he was in a sling. So I don't know what his status is going to be. Obviously, if he's limited, like I got to assume he's probably going to be questionable for the game. But even in that case, this is the game that we drafted Gregory Rousseau and Boogie Basham for. Like, we drafted them for this specific reason, to get after Patrick Mahomes. So, just what are your thoughts? Do you think losing Mario Addison, if he does not play in this game, is a big factor playing against the Chiefs? Mm. <clears throat> 
excuse me. I mean, Mario Addison is a, a pretty decent pass rusher. You know, I'm not going to take yeah. anything away from him. Um, but, you know, I mean, I don't think there's anything that he can do that AJ Epinesa, Boogie Basham, Greg Russo, uh, you know, Jerry Hughes. I don't think he, there's anything he can do that they cannot do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's times where you you see, you know, Mario Addison got to the quarterback. I believe he's one of, if not our top sack leader. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, obviously it, you're going to miss him a bit, but I don't think it's anything crazy. Um, you know, I think our defensive line has been playing really well recently. And uh, they're going to need to play really well against Pat Mahomes because obviously this is the test of all tests, right? This is the defending. These are this is the undisputed AFC champion, Mm. you know, team. You know what I mean? Like they've won the AFC championship three times in the last three years. So this is the team. This is the team you have to beat. Um, And obviously you want to be all hands on deck. Uh, I'm hoping Star is able to, to get back to it. Um, I would love to have Mario Addison out there, but honestly, I've been clamoring for more Greg Russo, more AJ Epinesa anyway, so I wouldn't be like crazy upset, but you know, of course you'd love to be at, at full strength. Um, and, and before I, I, I let you go, um, I just want to say real quick for Michael Holly to say that <laughs> this is a bad team. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I have to, I have to, I just have right. to put it in perspective, right? A bad team just pitched a perfect game on offense, held you to 17 points on defense. I don't understand how that – that means you are number one pick worthy if a yeah. bad team is doing that to you. That means you're garbage. I mean, like, <laughs> these are two teams. This game happened in the playoffs, so it's not like – you know what I'm saying? One of these teams are bad. No, these are two playoff teams. You play who's on your schedule. You won double-digit games. Both of these teams did. If the Bills didn't beat the Patriots, if they didn't schlack them in uh, week 16, I believe that was, they win the division. So they're not garbage. Let's not sit here and pretend that they're just like this bad team. They went to the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. Which other team did that? None of them. They had nope. their number two defense in the NFL. The only reason they had didn't have their number one defense was because that was us. It makes no sense. Like, mm. so it, it just <laughs> for people to kind of, you know, like they kind of make excuses and they, and they got to, you know, they feel bad. Like, oh, no, I can't let them get this W, you know, because when the Patriots were beating us, it wasn't all oh, the Bills are a bad team and the Patriots mm. are a bad team. They just were better than them today. It was none of that. It was the 11-month reign of the Bills is over. It was, they're no yeah. longer the AFC. You know, it was none of this, none of this, you know, both teams are bad teams BS. So I just want to say that's a crock. You are literally mm-hmm. just trying to save face unnecessarily because nobody told you to say that stupid shit. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you're gaining any new fans in all. the Boston area. Like, I understand there's some stooges that live up there, but they're not that dumb. Like, they understand that, like, when your team makes it to the playoffs, I understand the AFC was mediocre this year. The entire AFC was mediocre. So that means a a 10-win team had to be good. Yeah. Like, a a 10-win team going in, like you said, if the Bills pitched one of the best games in the history of the NFL and they're a bad team against your team, 
your team must be utter garbage. <laughs> Literally. And, the, and like the fact that you view your team as utter garbage, like, and all you have to do is look at your roster and how they played and the stats this year. The number two defense, yeah, that team is dumpster fire. Like it's I it, it almost makes me lose credibility or like them to lose credibility when they say stuff like that. Like, oh, well, they're a bad team and they beat it. Like, no, dude. You do, like, in my opinion, you do lose credibility. Yeah, you do. When you say stuff like that, it makes you not only look dumb, but like I've heard some really dumb things come out of some mass holes mouths. And this dude is like on the like on national television for NBC saying that kind of stuff. Like, I, I can't do it. Your team was good. The Bills are just a much better team. And I I bet you that if it was the other way around, you you, you couldn't even that dude would be he like, oh, we're have going to the Patriots are a bad team. He wouldn't have said the Bills are a bad team. It would have been none of that. It would have been, uh, well, the Patriots are going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're going to go Jones to the Super Bowl. The next Tom Brady because yeah. he just put up 47 on the Bills defense. Yeah. Like, oh. I, I, I can't even get – but I'm glad we brought that up because basically the theme of this week's podcast is narratives. So that would have been a narrative coming out of that game, which would have been ridiculous. Uh, one of the things that I keep hearing thrown around is – Obviously, we watched the Arizona Cardinals versus the Los Angeles Rams. And Kyler Murray had one of the most putrid performances of a first-time quarterback in the playoffs. So I want to get your thoughts on this because I th- this drives me up a wall. How do you feel about people like whenever there's a quarterback, especially like that we've heard this year when a rookie quarterback doesn't do good or a first-time quarterback in the playoffs doesn't play good, they always use Josh Allen as the measuring stick. Like, oh, well, Josh Allen didn't play good in his first playoff game. Or, oh, just look at Josh Allen, his rookie season. Like, when you look at that, do you do you go? Like, I know for me, it's like, yeah, but you can't compare – quarterbacks to josh allen because usually quarterbacks that were in josh allen's shoes like he was in his rookie year they don't come out of it looking like josh allen does now usually they end up not getting a second contract being a backup or even being out of the league they don't most quarterbacks don't do what josh allen does so like the fact that is it just like them having blind hope of, oh, if Josh Allen can do it, anybody can do it, my quarterback can do it, even though I think that Josh Allen is much different and there's not going to be a lot of people that have that same drive and quarterbacks that have the amount of talent to be able to overcome their shortcomings like Josh Allen did. How do you feel about that? Well, first of all, uh, <laughs> it's it's always funny when you see stuff like, well, Daniel Jones in his first two years and then this was Josh <laughs> Allen in his first two like, okay, well, Daniel Jones wasn't jumping over people, running past safeties yeah. and stiff arm and defensive tackles. So let's not compare those two, maybe. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, you know, and, and really for any quarterback. And and when people say that, oh, so-and-so quarterback had a bad first playoff game and this is comparable to Josh Allen because, first of all, I just want to put it out for the record, Kyler Murray is a phenomenal talent. That mm-hmm. boy is it. He he's one of the ones. Okay, he's going to be a great quarterback for years to come. 
as much as I hate the Cardinals for that bullshit, you know, Hail Murray they threw last year. Yeah, yeah. Kyler Murray's the truth. Okay. Let, let's just be honest about the situation. Yeah. But when people were reference the 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 Bills versus uh Texans playoff match, and they say sugar high, crazy Josh Allen. Josh Allen had a bad game, he had a horrible ending, blah, 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 blah. It tells me they didn't watch the game, or at least they didn't mm-hmm. watch it, watch it objectively. Josh Allen threw 264 passing yards. He had 92 rushing yards and 16 receiving yards. He had 372 total yards and then a couple touchdowns. That's not a bad game. I don't care what that's not mm-hmm. a bad game. Not only that, but you want to say sugar high Josh Allen tried to toss the ball to Dawson Knox, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we saw a couple weeks ago. The bill needs to get out of bounds. He couldn't get out of bounds. He goes inside. He juiced the defender. Dawson Knox is standing right to the side of him, tosses it back. Dawson Knox steps out, steps out of bounds. It worked mm-hmm. in his rookie season when he did it. It worked. But I mean, I mean, it didn't work. Excuse me. Dawson Knox just yeah. wasn't expecting it. If Dawson Knox is expecting that and he catches the ball and goes for another 15 yards and steps out of bounds, that's an amazing we play. Game. Exactly. That's- it was Josh being Josh, but because it didn't work, you 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 like to call it sugar high Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the Falcons game. Everybody say the Falcons game was a bad game. I disagree. He was running all over the place. He was very accurate with the football. The one play him and Cole Beasley were, you know, not on the same page. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you know, that's a fluke, whatever. The, the, the one play was tipped. And then the other one, the first interception where he threw it in the red zone, that was also tipped. And then... The very next week, he threw the exact same pass back across his body. He got a first down, and people were like, oh, what an amazing play. It was like, what? Yeah. That's the same play that y'all just got mad yeah. at him for. Like, you know, you can tell who does and who doesn't watch the film. You know what I mean? And shout out to Bill's QB Watch for uh, the statistics on that uh, the, the playoff game. But, hmm. uh, like, it's just narratives are funny because you can always tell who's not watching the game based on the narratives it's like you're just going off narratives now there, there's not even a real sense of you know what i mean like there's people who still think that josh allen is not it like uh key j will and max or whatever the hell that show oh, is Keyshawn called. johnson yeah j j j yeah. will and, and j max will or whatever yeah it used to be they, j will and zubin but zubin, zubin right right yeah they, they they have a show um and if they they had a, a question, real or not real, will a quarterback, you know, win a Super Bowl with the team they're presently on? Mm. Joe Burrow, real. All three of them, real. Easy, real. Pat Mahomes, obviously. All real, easy, real. Justin Herbert, real. Blah, 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 blah. Josh Allen, Keyshawn Johnson surprisingly says real. I was shocked at that, but okay. Mm-hmm. And then Jay Will says not real. And then Max says... You know, oh, yeah, it's not real. I, I see why you feel that way. I don't know, but it's like I have this predetermined bias. Yes, at least you know. Yeah. Like, yes, you have a predetermined bias. This man is superhuman. Like, it's not even – you can't tell me Joe Burrow's better than Josh Allen in any – any. no, he's not. He doesn't have a stronger arm. He may be slightly more accurate. But mm. then, you know, he also only throws to, like, two, three wide receivers. Josh gets everybody involved. Josh is yeah. escaping the pocket. Josh has no offensive line for half the season, you know, and I know Joe Burrow didn't have the greatest offensive line either, but I mean, you know, when you're throwing quick passes and everything, Josh escapes the pocket. He makes things happen. He's on the run. He moves. And 
just Justin Herbert doesn't do any of that. Justin Herbert can run, but he doesn't run nearly as effectively as Josh. Well, uh, that's not fair because nobody yeah. runs as effectively as Josh. Yeah. Josh is literally the most uh, he's literally the most efficient running quarterback in the NFL, literally. So, of mm-hmm. course, nobody can run like him. So if I'm looking at a guy who is top three arm talent, who's top three in mobility, and I can say nobody else on the planet is that at the quarterback position. I'm not understanding where the the math is not mathing for people. You know what I mean? Like these narratives, man. And, and that's that's a great point for the, for your show, because mm-hmm. narratives really ruin people's perception of football. Truly 100 yeah. percent. And uh, one of the things that I brought up is that I'm learning in my class that I'm in right now for part of my senior years, how narratives are all people are always looking for a new narrative to push that will, you know, not only engage, like have more people engage with it, but, you know, kind of like it's it's a fancy way of saying clickbait. Basically, mm-hmm. you want whatever story that you can run that's within reason, maybe like. Like somebody saying, oh, Josh Allen won't win a Super Bowl. Like, that's an opinion. Like, I I understand why somebody would say that. Like, I don't understand why they would think that. But I can understand why it's being said. Because, you know, what happens when you say that? You got people like us talking and driving that conversation. And then they can beat that till that they can beat that dead horse forever until you know eventually they get proven wrong and you know i i still don't know how somebody can look at josh allen on the bills maybe it's just because they're the buffalo bills yeah they never won us and they've never won a super bowl before so it's like oh well he's not gonna win because he's on the bills or something like that i i i don't understand Bengals ain't won nothing chargers ain't won nothing yeah, maybe I, on name nuts <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it <laughs> i it it literally makes no sense to me but narratives they drive conversation but also sometimes it feels like they're based in nothing like i don't understand like they're based on one tiny little thing that in the grand scheme of things doesn't really matter when it all comes down to it and one of those narratives being like right now i brought it up before the show the narrative this week going in is while vegas has us i believe we're only one and a half point dogs now which means that if we were on a neutral field we would actually be the favorites but like one of the things that's being driven in conversation is that well yeah the bills beat them this year but that was a bad kansas city chiefs team that wasn't the kansas city chiefs now they've never beaten the kansas city chiefs in the playoffs this is a whole different beast so that's why i'm picking the kansas city chiefs i'm I I literally don't know how you can look at if you take both games, right? Forget the regular season. Both these teams playing in the postseason, their first games. The Buffalo Bills put up a historic game against the number two defense in the league. They did that. Bar none, no questions asked. They did that, and they looked phenomenal on offense and defense. The Chiefs, they also played a phenomenal game. But it was against the Steelers, who we know the Steelers' defensive line is good. Their secondary isn't the Bills. Also, they played the Steelers' offense. They played the Steelers' offense. Four and a half. <laughs> yeah, and I 
I don't understand if you were looking at both of these teams, I understand they have history and you have to be like, okay, but we've seen the Kansas city chiefs in the postseason before that's a different team. Like every single time I go into it, I'm like, I understand what they've done in the past and you can look at coaching and things like that. But this year, there's no reason why the Buffalo bills should not be favored. Like, the Buffalo Bills on both sides of the ball had a dominant game last week. And I still don't understand where this narrative is coming from. Of, well, the Bills can't actually beat this Kansas City Chiefs team. This team was literally built to beat this Kansas City Chiefs team. It was the sole purpose of Brandon being in the offseason to build a team that could beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't know where the narrative's coming from. Justice, when you hear that and you hear, well, the Bills, they can't beat this Chiefs team, even though they already built at beat the Chiefs this year already. I understand Melvin Ingram is brought in, but where does this come from? Is it just, well, you know, we've seen what the Chiefs have done in the past and we're scared to pick against them? It, I think that's partially it. I think it's also because people have seen Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs go on like these scoring spurts where they'll score like 28 points in a quarter. Um, and that's fair, you know, because that's some scary, sh- you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I ain't gonna lie. You yeah, know yeah. I mean? that's, that's a little terrifying to, to think about. But then if you do that versus the Bills, you're going to lose the game. If you get out to a slow start and you have zero points at the end of the first quarter, mm-hmm. you're going to lose. The game's going to be over, right? Um you're not you're not scoring 28 points in a quarter versus the number. Listen, guys, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, again, this is one of those things where it's just like, do you guys watch football? This is yeah. the number one defense in the entire world. The number one defense. And people think the Chiefs are just about to run game call. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Dude, we played the Chiefs earlier this year. You mm-hmm. can talk all you want about how the Chiefs defense is better. Their offense is the exact same, except yeah. now they have Jared McKinnon. Fine, whatever. They couldn't run with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I don't think they're going to be able to run with Jared McKinnon because I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is better. So it's, And I just want to throw this in there. It's not even a given that they're going to play McKinnon this right. week against us because Edwards-Hilaire is healthy and he's practicing. So this, this Chiefs offense put up 20 points. 20 points earlier this year in week five. Same offense, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Pat Mahomes, Kev, or, uh, Pringle, uh, yep. all these guys. Same exact offense put up 20 points. And I, I got some news for you guys. I know it was earlier in the year, and you probably don't remember. But if you remember, you watched that game back, the refs bailed the Chiefs out at least a dozen times. Mm-hmm. At least a dozen times. So that game should have really been worse than what it was. And now you come to me and you tell me, oh, they got Melvin Gordon, though. <laughs> I don't care. What are you talking about? Like, or Melvin Ingram, excuse me. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. Like, that, uh, one defensive end, as good as he may be, is not going to be the difference maker. One defensive end is not going to make you go from scoring what should have been less than 20 points to, to more than the team that scored 40. You know, the team that just came off of a perfect game, the first ever in NFL history. Yeah versus the number two defense. 
and you bring in your putrid defense that has played well throughout the rest of the season, fine, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah. fine. You know, you, you lost to the Bengals, though. <laughs> you you, you yeah. lost to the you lost to the Chargers, though. You know, you should have lost to the Chargers the second time if, if mm-hmm. Sean, I'm sorry, Brandon Staley wasn't showing you just he was just being wild. I don't know. He, yeah, yeah. Brandon, you but we all know about Brandon Staley, okay? Yeah. But they they had the talent where they should have beat the Chiefs twice. And then not only that, but the Broncos, the Denver Broncos with Drew Locke went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs and should have won. If your tight end blocks Melvin Ingram and Melvin Gordon doesn't fumble that football, you take it back for a touchdown, you lose that game. Mm-hmm. And we're actually – you're coming to Buffalo. You're, you're, you're the, we're the number two seed if you lose that game. Yep. That was versus the Broncos. <laughs> like, like, we're 11-1. and one. In in the in the AFC East the last two years, with one loss coming in 60 mile per hour wins and Stefan Diggs dropping a wide open touchdown pass. Yeah, that is never going to happen again. The Chiefs, I don't know the Chiefs record. I believe they lost to the Raiders. I think they lost to the Chargers, maybe lost to the Chargers twice. I'm not sure. But needless to say, they're not 11 and one. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Versus teams in their division. And I, I personally think that. The Patriots are probably don't probably Patriots are better than the Broncos. I think the Dolphins are better than the Broncos. Mm-hmm. And you you go out there having a close game with the Denver Broncos, and I'm supposed to be scared of you? No, I'm not. I'm not. And 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 that's because of real life football. I'm seeing what's on the field. It has nothing to do with narrative. Because if I was going off narrative, the Chiefs are about to blow the hell out of the Bills in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be those. Uh, it's gonna be those same old Chiefs, you know, that are gonna come out and they're gonna score a bunch because they're not playing the number one. De- yeah, they're surely not playing the number one defense in the league right now. And look, you brought up Melvin Ingram, and yeah, I mean the Steelers. I don't know what they were doing sending him to the Chiefs. That was probably that was probably the one team that was probably really active after him because he did have meetings with them before going to the Steelers. But the one thing is like, yeah. And Tom or not Tommy Doyle. Sorry. Uh, Spencer Brown just held his own against Matt Judon. Did you hear his name at all last week? No. The one time where Josh shook him out of his shoes and made him stand still Mm -hmm. and watch him go run by him. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That that's when you heard Matt Judon's name. So look, Melvin Ingram, he got his playtime that first week with the Steelers to get back to Josh. But this O-line, this O-line ain't the same O-line that he saw when he was with the Steelers. It just isn't. And I understand the last time we played the Chiefs, they didn't have Chris Jones. I understand that. They did. But you got to remember, too. He was just that defensive tackle. Was he? I thought he was hurt. I thought he was out with an ankle. I thought he was actually hurt. He didn't play that game because that's the narrative that I'm I'm hearing because we didn't have Matt Milano. We won that game and we didn't have Matt Milano, the best ranked linebacker against tight ends. Like, dude, I I, I had COVID. (laughs) Yeah. Like Brent Bates wouldn't even plan at that point. Mm-mm. No, it wasn't. It was still Bo- was it Botker at that point, or was I think maybe so. I think it was Botker. Botker yeah, was terrible. Yeah, it, that that was just a bad game for him. And look, no, no, no. At that point, it was still Mongo. It was still was Feliciano. it Feliciano still? Okay, yeah. all right. Uh, 
but that that kind of brings me into you know we're talking about what what both these teams have and how they're kind of attacking each other what way do you think that the chiefs if they if they were to let's just say right now want to be dominant against the bills what do you think that they need to do what way do you think they attack us to where it's like these teams are familiar with each other we've played them in bad weather we've played them in good weather like multiple times we played each other we know how they run do you think like how do you think that the chiefs attack the bills defense what do you think is like a recipe for success for them um that's tough i i honestly don't know how you scheme Mm -hmm. against this bills defense because to be to be honest the only game that the bills defense really got like handled was versus the colts i don't even think they got handled versus the titans honestly because Mm -mm. uh, you know the refs were just not calling any holding and i i very much take that into consideration because if i'm being held to play the entire play then what what am i supposed to do right but i think Mm -hmm. the colts game was the only game where we really got handled and uh, if I'm if I'm the Chiefs, I'm looking back in history and I'm saying the first game that we played the Chiefs was rainy, was in mm-hmm. Buffalo, uh, and they ran all over us, 200 some yards. Clyde yep. Edwards Hilaire had the lifetime game, right? I, I would try to re- redo that, you know, especially because you know the Bills are going to be playing too high. They're mm-hmm. not laying anything over the top, you yep. know. You're going to have to depend on screens and uh, a running game. And I think our running game is a lot better than people give us credit for. Um, you know, and, and I think that could bode well for us, honestly, because these narratives that you mentioned, all they do is is help the Bills, to be honest. You, you keep saying all this negative stuff about the Bills, and then they come in and they make you look stupid because everything you said was contradicting what happened. And then other teams keep believing it and they keep thinking the same thing. And then ultimately, you know, we, we still go ahead and get the job done, you know? So mm-hmm. thought that the big Patriots was going to run all over us. Couldn't get nothing. Not only that, but uh, you know, we got ran a little bit over last year, right? The, the, mm-hmm. um, the, the uh, defensive line was, was vulnerable versus the run. Then what happened when we played the best running team in the NFL in the playoffs, three points. Versus yep. the best running quarterback in NFL history, three points, three points. So you you could you could listen to the narratives if you like, and I think the Chiefs, I think I think Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, um, I don't want to say Spagnuolo because I don't think mm-hmm. the defense is that good. I think they just got you know you want to talk about cupcake schedules because it's funny yeah, yeah. people only bring up schedules when it fits their argument, but like. The, the, the Chiefs defense was so good, you know, the remainder of the season. A, it wasn't because you still had teams like the Chargers, Bengals, the Broncos putting up points on you. you yeah. Know what I mean? So it wasn't that great, if we're being honest. But then when they played the cupcakes, yeah, the defense finally found themselves. Okay, right. Now, let's see you do that against the top five team and, you know, and the top five offensive team. Let, let's see, you know, you guys, uh, you know, handle that, right? Without holding. I want to see that. Yeah. Yeah, you because know, last year in the playoffs they held the hell out of us. Um, Can so, I? Uh, do you mind if I tell you I'm looking at the Chiefs' schedule right now? Uh, I'm looking at exactly. I'm looking. Okay, what notable wins does this team have? But really, when I'm looking at it, I'm seeing the losses that they had. 
especially earlier in the year. But when they play these teams, when I look at towards the end of the year, it's like, you know, they should have lost that game against Green Bay. I was just forgetting yep. that they for, they played Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, yep. And they put up a it duck of a game. game wasn't it? Third, yeah. yeah, it was 13 to 7. Like, if Aaron Rodgers is playing in that game, it would have been 13 out. to 35. Yeah, they're getting blown out. And when I'm looking here, like they played the Cowboys 19 to 9. And that's November 21st. So that's when the Chiefs started getting good, right? And they put up 19 points on the Cowboys. Uh, but then they play the Broncos, then they play the Raiders, then they play the Chargers, and the Chargers play them really close, and then the Brandon Staley stuff happens. And then they play the Steelers, which we know how that went, and then they lose to the Bengals to end the year. Like, they don't do anything that makes me go – or, sorry, they played the Bengals, and then what is this? Uh, Chiefs-Broncos, 28-24, January 8th, Saturday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, that and, was the game where uh, yeah. Melvin Gordon got hit by Melvin Ingram, fumbled. They took it back for a touchdown and won. Yeah, like, there, there are these teams, and I understand last year they did the same thing too, right? When they went, they played the best game of the year last year against the Bills when they played them in the AFC Championship. Because other than yeah, that, they were coasting through the season, barely winning games, but they were squeaking them out, right? And the Bills, you know, when you're in those types of situations, they can go either way, right? Where I believe every game that the Bills have lost outside of the Colts game, they only lost by one score. Like it's yeah. it's it's not like you know the Bills the Bills could have been and I like we can do could have beens all year, but like the when the Bills lose, they don't like get blown out. And there were games here where the Titans. 27 to 3 the chiefs i mean come on like you you the bills Wait, don't have they a lose loss. to the titans 27 yes yes the chiefs lost to the titans 27 yes. to 3 yes i didn't even know that 27 to wow. 3 that was in october but that's when the that's chiefs disgusting. were bad that's, that's when gross. the chiefs were bad i do bad. remember that game actually yeah i do yeah okay. like it's I I don't understand it. I why, think this why is going to bring that up because the Chiefs were bad. That's the narrative. Yeah, but they yeah, but it's it's when all oh, the Bills had a little lull in the middle of the season. Like, but why don't the they ever the bring Chiefs up the had Chiefs a lull bit? to the fact that where everybody was saying they might not make the playoffs. Yeah, they were it's just odd. But but the Chiefs get the benefit of the job. It's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> it's it it's just funny. It's we're afraid to be wrong, so we don't want to go on a limb. But I do see a lot of people going out and being like, Yeah, I think that the Bills can win this game. I think that they win. Like I've seen people come out and do that, and I'm like a lot okay, more than than usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a lot more than what I would have thought. And uh this brings up a thing, right? So say we beat the Chiefs. I put out a poll, which I brought up in the first half of the show. You're not going to be able to go vote on it now uh, because it'll be over. But I brought up which is the better option for the Bills. Say they do win this game to try to move and go on to a Super Bowl. Would you rather have the Bengals in the AFC championship? And I understand that that means you get a home, the AFC championship game is in Buffalo. Or would you rather play the Titans in the AFC championship game? Uh, overwhelmingly, the poll said that people would rather play 
the Bengals. And I understand that that's because of the home playoff game. What do you think about that, Justice? Who would you rather play in the championship game? Say that the Chiefs do lose to the Bills. This yeah, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the poll right now. Just retweeted it. Mm-hmm. Um, it says 70% Bengals, 30% Titans. Yeah. I think that is due to a the fact that the Titans have beaten us twice in the last two years, which mm-hmm. is fair. Um, also because if the Bengals uh, win, then we get a home playoff game. And, yep. and, you know, the AFC Championship game is in Buffalo now, or Orchard Park. Now, just off the strength of having an electrifying Bills Mafia at an AFC Championship game, I would not be mad if we had to play the Bengals. And yep. honestly, I think that our defensive line is just good enough where we can make Joe Burrow really uncomfortable. And obviously, we have the best secondary in the world. So, I mean, he's definitely not throwing for four or 500 yards. That's not happening. Jamar yeah. Chase is, is, is not having 100, 200 yards receiving, okay? Um, you know, so I, I say I wouldn't mind playing the Bengals. I wouldn't mind playing the Bengals. I, I think that uh, we – I think the NFL is all about matchups, right? I think yep. that we, uh, we would fit well with the Bengals, and I think that we could also beat the Titans. How about you? So I I brought this up because when I put that poll out, I understand the, you know, each side. I understand why each side would be, you know, attractive to somebody. Uh, Obviously, if you play the Bengals, you get the home playoff game. And then you also, you know, get a team that you've never really faced before and they haven't faced you before. So, so like I... 100% think that, you know, going into the whatever game it would be, I personally, again, see the benefits of both. I think that if you play the Titans and you play the Titans the way that, you know, we've seen the Bills play the Titans this year, you know, they were the only team that did play the Titans at full strength. Out of the whole AFC East, the Bills were the only team to play the Titans at full strength. And the Bills were one slip away at the goal line of getting a first down, and then they most likely score, and that's game. I I completely understand why everybody's like, yeah, but that was a close game. We don't want that. But I feel like that's people also thinking that if we played the Bengals, it's not going to be a close game. But it's like that Bengals offense, the thing about the Bengals is, yes, you're in Orchard Park. You probably would like that just because home field advantage and stuff like that. But that's a wild card coming in there in those Bengals. Now, obviously, I think the Bills would be like, well, Joe Burrow heavily relies on Jamar Chase. Let's try to take that away. And let's try to make the first or the second or third read the guy that he has to try to bail him like bail out, which they have T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. So I think that they and could Uzama. do that. Yeah, and Uzama. So makes it my God. Yeah, Exactly. Like I'm thinking about that and I'm like, that's such a wild card of a team and they're so young. Who knows? If anything, we've seen in game plan for the Titans so many times the last, it feels like we play them every single year, like the last three years we've had to play them. And it's like, you would think that you would favor that one just because Bill's mafia travels really well to Nashville too. 
So like it, last true. time we last time we played uh, Tennessee, that's when we got the ESPN graphic uh, that was like, here's the attendance of Bills fans here, and then you have Steve Levy going, I think that this Bills takeover is it's overrated. It's overblown, and then literally right before that. ESP he works for ESPN and ESPN put up a graphic showing that the Bills had like taken over that stadium. So like I I I, I don't understand that but I I think that if we play the Titans I think that you know getting Derrick Henry coming off the injury maybe he's really good. I don't know, we'll see this weekend against the Bengals. Uh I think that the Bills just being familiar with that opponent I think that not only losing that game, my big thing is I'm a big chips on shoulder guy. So I think they had a chip on their shoulder going in against the Patriots. So that's why they kicked the ever living shit out of them. They're going to have a chip on their shoulder going in against the chiefs because while, you know, a lot of people are saying, but they're just saying, well, they've never really beat the, like they know they're like, we already beat these guys this year, but no, that was the bad team. So they're literally just like, no, we've been in playoff mode since we lost to Tampa Bay. Like th- this team, we're gonna go in there and we're gonna try to kick their ass. And uh, they they know that even though they beat them during the season, people aren't giving them that credit because they're saying that oh well the Chiefs were bad at that point, so it does it's like it doesn't count. Like you didn't beat the Chiefs or something. So then if they went in against the Titans, I couldn't imagine the size of the chip on Josh Allen's shoulder, knowing that he slipped at the end of that game during the regular season. And you know what the narrative would be. Oh, well, look at the Bills against the run, and they would cherry pick some numbers. And then they'd be like, yeah, and Josh Allen slips at the end of the game. And, you know, they lose. Like, that would just fuel the fire so much to where I think that maybe a matchup against the Titans, while I know it's not in Orchard Park, look, we're going to have this team for a long time. There will be an AFC championship game in Orchard Park eventually. All right? I understand. But I just think this year maybe a matchup against the Titans just lights a fire under the Bills a little bit more than maybe a wild card like the Bengals coming in to, you know, Orchard Park. And I think that, you know, just going into the Super Bowl, I think that a game against Tampa Bay would make I'd be the most comfortable with Tampa Bay getting out of the NFC for the Bills to play just because not only did we play them this year, but the fact that we lost in the manner that we did would make me really confident against that team in a Super Bowl, too. And I know Tom Brady's on the other side, but like I don't think this team is phased by that. And I think that that would really light a fire under their ass. So you know, I, I think that that's the better way to go again, but I see why people like the other side. It's not like you can really go wrong. I see there's benefits to both sides, but you know, yeah, obviously it, to get, get there and I'll, I'll let you get the, to get there. You have to beat the chiefs. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to your point, the revenge tour will, will continue. You know, we mm-hmm. play the chiefs this week. I honestly don't think it's going to be a close game. I think the bills are going to wash them and, Maybe that's unpopular or, you know, arrogant to say, but I'm just I'm looking at it and I see what I, I see. And I'm just like, I think the bills are a lot better. I got to I got to agree with you. I got to agree with you there because there was something weird. Last weekend's podcast was called the Northeastern Nostradamus. Mm-hmm. And I made predictions, you know, before the season. And then this week I was sitting right before the game. Obviously, you know, we weren't talking for the game, but I was with my brothers and I was like, I think he was like, oh, this is going to be a Stefan Diggs game. And I'm like, I think this might be a Dawson Knox game. 
And, you know, I said that just to be, yeah, I was just like, well, you know, I'm just going to be a little bit different. I was right. And then the Chiefs game. Uh, the first one. No, 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 no. I'm talking about against the Patriots this week. Yeah, it was a Dustin S game. I said, yeah. I said before, my my little brother was like, "Oh yeah, dude, it's gonna be a Stefan Diggs game." I'm like, I don't know. I have a feeling that it's gonna be a Dawson Knox game. It ended up being a Dawson Knox game. And then, uh, before the 49ers and the Cowboys, I said the Cowboys are gonna blow it. They always do. And maybe that's not something that you can be proud of, of predicting that the Cowboys are gonna blow it in the playoffs. But they did, and That's I understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I just said that the 49ers are way too hot, and I think that they are going to beat the Cowboys. And then I also said that Mike McCarthy was probably going to be the reason that they absolutely blew it. And then the end of that game happened, and we all know what happened in that game. And I just looked over at my little brother, and he was like, dude, you are on a roll this weekend. He was like, can you please tell me that uh, that Chase Claypool is going to get a ton of yards and the Steelers are going to beat the Chiefs? I was like, I can't do that. Because that's not going to happen. And then, of course, I was like, you know it's going to be a blowout. And then it was a blowout. So this week, while I was just thinking about this game, I was like, this game, the narrative is, oh, it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be so close. I'm like, I have this feeling in my stomach that it could just be that the Bills do not let this become a shootout to the fact to where if the Chiefs do get on a lull and the Bills get a few key defensive stops – and they're up big, it's the Devin Singletary show, and they're going to just run the clock because the Chiefs are not some world-beating team against the run, and the Bills have found their run game to where I feel like this game could get out of hand in the Bills' favor. And I just I, just, I, I have this feeling about that, man. So I'm kind of with you. I think this could be, you know, the Bills could wash them. I could see, <clears throat> excuse me, I could see like 28-14 or something, mm. right? Going into the fourth quarter, then maybe they score a touchdown and it cut, it gets close, our something like that. But yeah, but I, I think the Bills come out of this game, you know, with a, a comfortable win, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe on I would say 31-14. Then they score yeah, touchdowns, yeah. 21-31, and then they get the ball back, and it's like, oh my mm-hmm. god, they might do it, but they don't do it. I think yeah, it could yeah. be one of those situations. Um, but uh, I, yeah, Devin Singletary is, is a beast. I've I've been saying this for three years now. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> but the, like I said, the revenge tour would 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 commence, right? You get the Chiefs, and I think we'll comfortably beat the Chiefs. And then just knowing how the football gods work, if I'm being honest, we're gonna get the Titans because yeah, that's just how football works, you know. And not yeah. only that, but it's probably better if the Bengals get picked off because. They're not a bad team. You know what I mean? Like, that is a scary bunch. Like, yo, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, Uzama, Joe Burrow. Mm. That's disgusting, okay? (laughs) Like, yo, that's crazy. They're going to have a hell of a future. The the AFC North should be petrified, if I'm being honest, right? Um, So, well, Tyler Boyd might not be there for much longer. But the rest of Mm. those guys, you you should be scared, right? Oh, yeah. Um. You know, so I think we're going to go ahead and see the Titans. I can see the Titans pulling that out. And then I think we're going to beat the Titans convincingly because I think we're a better team than the Titans, especially now that we have an offensive line, especially now that our defensive front is looking good, right? Yeah. Um, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, my throat is dry. Um, I think we see the Buccaneers, to your point, I think, I think you just said this, we see the Buccaneers in, in the Super Bowl. And not only is it a revenge game because of what happened, obviously, in Tampa Bay earlier in the year, 
but because Tom Brady whooped our asses for like 20 years, right? Yeah, and we, so I, I we already the, did the just to, just to add to that really quick before you keep going. The 20 years of frustration that got put out on New England and Bill Belichick will be the same 20 years of frustration exactly. they can put out against Tom Brady as well. 100%. And and I look at the Buccaneers team and I'm like, wait, they don't have Tristan Wirfs. They don't have yeah. Chris Godwin. They don't have Antonio Brown. I'm not even scared of them. You know, they, I don't even mm-hmm. think they have Leonard Fournette at the present moment, which means he may, probably won't be completely healthy if he is playing in the Super Bowl. I, I wouldn't even be scared of him. But I don't think the the Rams – I'm sorry, I don't think the 49ers are going to go to the Super Bowl just because they don't have a quarterback. Um, yeah. I don't think Aaron – I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is always choked in the, in the, in the playoffs. I don't know. It's, it's always something, but something happens, mm-hmm. and I, I could see something happening again, right? And um, I think it's going to be between the Rams and the Bucks. But um, I don't know. I just don't trust Matt Stafford right now. Uh, I just don't. <laughs> So um, yeah, I can see Tom Brady doing his whole I'm Tom Brady thing and, you know, throwing creep because Tom Brady is a hell of a player as well. Mm-hmm. Even still, that boy's a beast. Yeah. Um, he could play for five more years if he wanted. I don't think he would miss a beat because it's not even like for what Tom Brady's doing. It's not like an athletic thing. It's not like a a, a thing where, you know, he he's not mobile anymore. He was never mobile. You know, I don't know what it is. Ben Roethlisberger had a noodle arm. Philip Rivers had a noodle arm. Drew Brees had a noodle arm. All these guys had a noodle arm, and that's why they had to retire. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady still has a strong arm, and obviously he can play the game from the mental perspective that Drew Brees and Philip Rivers could, Ben Roethlisberger to a lesser degree. But Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah so um, I think Tom Brady is going to get it done just because he has to play off pedigree. And, um, again, I think our defense is, is going to handle him. I think Teron Johnson is a lot more confident. Dane Jackson is more comfortable. Levi Wallace is balling. You know, and obviously, I don't even talk about our linebackers and our safeties because you yep. already know. So, um, yeah, man, I, I have to agree with you, bro. I think the revenge tour continues. The revenge tour continues. And I, I think the Buffalo Bills are our Super Bowl champions. We got a parade, you know, down Main Street. I'm, I already have my time off from work in to be driving up right after yeah right after right after if they win that super bowl i'm in my truck on my way up i'm driving up like we're we're gonna have like a built-in buffalo section of the parade for sure yeah just gonna get everybody there but to get there we have to beat the kansas city chiefs so obviously you know that's on the docket for this week you already kind of said how you feel it might be kind of a wash one wild prediction before we get out of here i'll save score predictions for you know like final score predictions for first round by which again everybody can catch tonight on the built in buffalo youtube channel but i need a wild prediction from this game what do you think that the uh oh what do you from think? this game yeah from this game the chiefs i think pat mahomes gets picked off three times how are you in my head, dude? I was I was literally I'm like, please say something else. Please say like Devin Singletary is gonna have like a lot. I'm like Patrick Mahomes is about to get picked off. We're kind of expecting we're expecting Devin Singletary to go off now. Yeah. Devin I I'm so proud of Devin Singletary. And you're like a you dad, know, dude. I see I, yes, I see you're man. like you're like Singletary's like, no, going I, off. You're like, oh man, I am oh, so man. happy. 
it's like when you know your kids more talented than anybody else on the team and you're like coach just put them in the game coach yeah. just let them run the ball coach just you know what i mean and then he finally gets the opportunity and he just absolutely goes crazy he gives you 90, yeah. 86 yards on it you know 100 yards here 90 yards there it's just like it's beautiful to see this should have been happening for the last three years i think if devin singletary is our workhorse for the last three years we never even get the mantra of not being able to run the football yeah but it did Hindsight's 2020 i'm just glad that he's finally in the position uh you know to to solidify himself as one of the better backs in the nfl if you ask me i think he's a top 15 back and yeah. probably going to ascend even better and I, I think that that's uh, I think that's a big thing. And a lot of it has to do with finally Brian Dayball learning how to use them and then finally saying, you know what, Zach Moss, we've had enough. We're going to give Devin Singletary the main, you know, the majority of the snaps. And with that, I mean, we've I literally have listened to one bills live and people always asking the question to Thurman Thomas, what? Is wrong. What do the Bills need to do to establish the run game? And even MJD has said this before. You have to give them, like, you have to be like, you're the bell cow. And the more carries they get, the more, the more in confidence. rhythm they get and the more yep. confident they get. And, you know, Devin Singletary right now is looking like our damn Thurman Thomas out there. He is. He's, he's running around. He's catching passes. Like, he's... He's actually doing what Thurman Thomas used to do. And you know on what those was cool? De uh, in the playoff game last week, Thurman Thomas was wearing Devin Singletary's mm -hmm. jersey, which just made my heart melt. I was just like, and he oh did my the God. Like, oh my God. That was amazing. That was amazing. Because like it that basically tells you, hey, we believe in you. Because he could have yeah. been wearing a Diggs jersey. You know, yeah, I understand yeah. it's the Jim Kelly was wearing Josh Allen, Thurman Thomas is the running mm -hmm. back. I get it. But even still, like, for instance, if Devin Singletary wasn't on his team and we had to depend on either Zach Moss or Matt Breida, he would not have been wearing a running back jersey. That's just what it would have been, right? Mm -hmm. But so I just – I feel like that was kind of like a rite of passage for him. And um, I, I look forward to seeing, you know, Devin Singletary thrive, you know, in this offense. Now he finally is blocking. Thank you to our savior, mm -hmm. Ryan Bates. The Rick Bates, who would have known – that he was the missing piece all along. And I, I I think that it's great because kind of one of the things that came along, and I'll make this quick because we're already hitting an hour. People who listen to this podcast are like, oh, my God, an hour. They're used to like 30 <laughs> minutes. So, like, the fact that, you know, Rick Bates gets thrown in there and he's been, you know, back and he was the center. He was like the backup center and guard. He was kind of the guy that they could plug in anywhere. And the fact that they put no, him in there. No, they didn't want to plug him in anywhere because no, no, he was no, the no. backup center. I, I know they didn't want to plug him oh, in there because he was it. And the fact that he, you know, basically it was forced. They forced their hand that they had to put him in. And then I love the fact that, you know, sometimes the Bills coaching staff values veterans more than they do the best guy available. Sometimes I know they say we want to put the best five guys out there. But sometimes I can call complete BS on that. Like the fact that Ryan Bates went in there and he was doing really good. And then they basically, Mongo is good to play. Like he can play. And they're like, you know what? Now we're going to have Mongo be the backup center guy like that because they understand that Ryan Bates is absolutely being a stud and anchor in that line next to Deion Dawkins. And basically, Deion Dawkins said it best today. He was like, no offense to anyone, but 
F everybody because everybody was doubting them. And now that Rick Bates is in there, they're playing lights out. And I love it. I, I absolutely love it. And that in turn is not only helping Josh be a better quarterback because of how much time he gets back there. It's also helping Devin Singletary because finally we can run the ball effectively, a balanced offense. And that has always been the thing kind of all year we've been searching for because it felt like with this defense, if you had a balanced offense with a superstar quarterback like Josh Allen, you could win the whole damn thing. Absolutely. 100%. I agree with you. And um, yeah. I just want to apologize to all the lowdown fans out there um, because, look, me and Jake, we could talk football for days <laughs> at a time. So yeah, you you invite me, you're not getting an hour or no half hour. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, usually people are the 15 minute first half clip in the middle and then the second half is 15 minutes of me as well. So it's like 30 minutes plus a little bit for the middle. Now they're going to be like an hour and 15 minutes. What is this? But maybe they like it. Maybe in the playoffs, having these longer shows. I know for me personally, as soon as I get off of here and I go watch Peacemaker on HBO Max. I got to watch that. Dude, it's so good. It's so good. Okay, uh, I got to close it right. uh, I literally uh, went. I'm going to go in like back in my office and I'm going to be listening to like One Bills Live and shows like that. Like people are starving for content right now. So if the show's longer, it is not a problem. But Justice, of course, everybody probably knows you, but let them know where they can find you and list off the 8 million shows that you're on. And then, uh, you know, they can make like a little list and try to figure out uh, which ones they want to listen to. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, uh, you guys can go ahead and hit me up on Twitter. Follow, uh, if you will, uh, Justice General, J-U-S-T-U-S. My name is Justus, not Justice. Okay, mm. uh, you know, just putting it out there. <laughs> uh, so you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Justice General. Uh, you know, check me out. My my podcast, The Winchell Factor, comes out every Tuesday. Um, I have Home Field Advantage with my man Caveman every Wednesday. Um, special thank you to Ryan Cahill. Uh, mm. Is it Coughlin? Cahill? I forgot. No, it's Cahill. I think. Okay, Cahill. Ryan C. and uh, Dan Kelly yeah. for, uh, you know, coming on the show uh, Wednesday. And then, of course, first round bye with my main man, Jordan, and, of course, Izzy. Um, Jordan. Jake. <laughs> I keep doing you sound it. Like my, you sound like my coaches <laughs> in high school, bro. Hey, Jordan, yeah. get over here. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky Bobby, two first names. But, um... <laughs> Um, you know, go ahead. Absolutely. Please uh, tune into first round by uh, every single Friday. Uh, we do that. And it's like the greatest show ever. So mm -hmm. might as well check it out. You know, you're not yeah. doing anything else on a Friday night. Yeah. What loser. are you doing? On, what are you doing on a Friday night? Having a life? How could you? Exactly. You got to listen to you got to listen to first round by on the built in Buffalo YouTube channel. But of course, you can find me at Jake the Bills fan this week. Something really cool happened. Uh, somebody on my personal YouTube channel decided that they wanted to try to invalidate uh, all of my Bills opinions because I didn't have enough uh, followers on Twitter. And I don't That's really understand. I yeah, I don't understand uh, the real, you know, logic behind that i guess you don't know football if you don't have any followers but uh then my boy bruce nolan came out and actually absolutely dunked it it's like i threw up an alley-oop and you know 
I'm Penny Hardaway. He's Shaq or Kobe and Shaq, whatever you want to say. And uh, I threw it up and he absolutely dunked on the dude. And in turn, I now have over 700 followers. So shout out to Bruce. Bruce is my guy. I love him every single yeah. time I have, uh, you know, being a Bill's content creator, you know, he's always the guy that I've looked up to. And there's a bunch of other people I look up to, but Bruce is the one guy who reached out to me first uh, when I was first, you know, being, you know, leaving the competitor. Uh, and after he was the one who helped me get this gig. And ever since when I've needed advice, I go to Bruce. And I, of course, listen to Bruce exclusive every single week. That's my guy. But of course, you can find me at Jake the Bills fan. And yeah, this has been the coolest place in Bills Mafia outside of Western New York. I have been Jake. This has been the Lowdown, only on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. And I will see all of you guys next week. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.